Well, I think we'll talk a little cross-border politics today on No Nonsense. Our closest neighbor, our largest trading partner, our friend, our ally remains a divided country, politically speaking. There was no red wave. But there was, I think, and I'm going to talk to our guest about this, some pretty strong messages for both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. So let me introduce Ambassador David Wilkins. He is from South Carolina, and you're going to hear that in a moment when he starts to uh, talk with us. He was the ambassador to Canada during George Bush. He practiced law for 30 years. He served in the South Carolina House of Representatives. He was the speaker, and he chairs the public policy and international law practice uh, at his law firm and does a lot of cross-border work. Ambassador Wilkins, it is so lovely to see you. Great uh, being with you, Senator. Thank you very much. So it's just it's great. wonderful so to see you again. We are going to talk a little politics. So there's still a lot of outstanding uh races and votes and telling. But the one thing that we do know is there was no red wave. The last three midterms, the party in power got to, and I think I'm using Barack Obama's words here, got a shellacking. There was no shellacking. You're exactly right. Uh, I think uh, usually our midterms are a referendum on the uh, president and uh, his administration. And uh all points indicated that this would be more the same. Uh, usually the party in power loses on average 27 House seats. Yeah. Uh, all the pundits were predicted, including myself, uh, <laughs> a, a Republican pickup of some 20 to 35. Um, and it just didn't happen. It, uh, you know, the, the red wave uh, wasn't even a red ripple, it was probably a red trickle. So what I want to try and focus in on a little bit, because you've been in politics almost your entire life, what what happened here? Were Was it issues like the abortion issue, which um, really galvanized, I think, uh, Democratic voters? Uh, a lot of the things that I've been listening to for the last couple of days, and this is coming from Republicans, too, are are putting the blame on Donald Trump. He picked some and backed some more extreme candidates everywhere he went. He talked about himself and stole the show a little bit about musing about his own plans. What what do you think went on? Well, I tell you what, I think that's exactly uh, that that question is going to be uh, asked and answered time and time again over the next yeah. uh, several months. There's got to be a lot of soul searching by the Republican Party. It was ours to win big. Uh, yeah. everything was set. I mean, if you just think about it, inflation was at its highest levels. Uh, crime is up. Biden's approval rated, uh, rating was anywhere from 42% to 46%. So he was underwater in his ratings. Um, uh, you had, uh, uh, just all kind of issues going against the, the current administration. Uh, and and we had the we I think we had the right issues. We were talking about inflation. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the economy. Talking about having to reduce gas prices, crime. Uh, I do think the abortion issue galvanized Democrats and and probably turned out their vote uh, more on a higher level. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this midterm had some of the highest, if not the highest, uh, turnout we've had. So it wasn't that people stayed home. It's just that. They didn't didn't we didn't get as many votes for from the independents probably uh, mm -hmm. that uh, we anticipated. 
And and so there'll be a lot of finger pointing. Did did, did uh, we pick the wrong candidate for a couple of uh, uh, primaries? Well, the people get to pick them. We don't. But uh, yeah. in looking back on it, you know, you you would think a couple of our candidates uh, could have been stronger uh, in some yeah. races that that had the person they defeated won. They might have had a better chance. But uh, there's just there's going to be a lot of I think so sort. I I don't I think in in the end. Uh, there was a lot of reason to vote against Democrats. Perhaps the Republican Party didn't give enough reasons to vote for them, for the Republican yeah. candidate. Yeah. So when you uh, look, I mean, Joe Biden was in the final days of the campaign talking about, you know, the end of democracy and democracy was at stake and the nation was at stake. And and what we did see on the part of the voters is they kind of didn't buy into the extremes at either end. Um, uh, not the extreme Republicans, but also they kind of, they didn't take the extreme Democrats in either. They really moved to the center. Did you uh, see that? Yeah, as well? in, a, in, a, in a deeply divided uh, country, that's, uh, I guess that's a refreshing sign. To, to yeah. The uh, American people want to want to govern from the center, not from the extreme of either. Uh, the, you know, the argument that this, this, uh, the, the uh, the existence of democracy as we know it was on the ballot that uh, to me is a really the height of arrogance to think that uh, you know if you don't agree with me you're 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 going to uh, destroy democracy as we know it you got to vote for me to keep it uh, I don't think that resonated I don't think uh, I don't think that I don't think that won won the Democrats uh, day I do I do think the abortion issue probably helped them more than any other issue did. They certainly couldn't talk about the economy. They certainly couldn't yeah. talk about the rise of crime. They couldn't talk about the rise of gas prices or the energy policy. Uh, so they talked about saving democracy and abortion. Let us look at the state of Florida where everything was very clear early on, on voting day. Uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, a, a very, very strong win. Uh, there and kind of changing that state from blue, purple, and now it's a red state. That's what everybody is saying. But the the analysts are also saying, okay, now we're in for the Ron and Don show that Ron DeSantis is going to take on Donald Trump. Do you agree? I have no way of knowing. Uh, there'll be a <laughs> lot of speculation. I think uh, uh, former President Trump is going to have an announcement pretty soon. We'll yeah. We'll see what that is. Uh, and uh, there, there are a lot of very qualified people ready to run, whether or not uh, if he if, if uh, President Trump runs again, will that chill to some extent the field? And it probably will to some extent. It, it remains. But you've got a besides uh, Governor DeSantis, you've got a, a number of uh, well-qualified people who are who are, would like to run. I mean, the two are most probably two are from my home state and uh, Ambassador Nikki Haley and, and yep. Senator Scott have both expressed interest uh, in, in doing that. Certainly haven't declared. Uh, I, I think the next six months going to be pretty interesting in, uh, in my country. But it does seem to suggest to those of us looking in from the outside that, that Donald Trump does not have, the actual hold on the party that he had 
of course, when he was president, and even in the time afterwards, that people are going to look at these results and say, okay, you didn't deliver. So, so now it's a, it's an open game that we're, yeah, I I, I don't think this was a, this election was, was all about, was all about Donald Trump. I think it was more about Joe Biden, but I I do think that uh, the outcome probably does not enhance the uh, opportunity for our former president, but but he still has a strong following in the Republican Party. Yep. But but I I certainly don't think it's uh it's to the to the point that he is going to be uh, to freeze everybody out. There will be some there will be others running for the position and uh in the primary. We'll just have to wait and see. Will it when he first ran, there were 16 Republican candidates declared for the presidency. <laughs> yeah. Would it be that many if Donald Trump runs again? Probably not. Uh if he doesn't run again, it could be that many. Uh we'll see. Yeah, that was a big lineup. We kind of forget yeah. that, don't we? Yeah. All those people uh, across the stage there. So Joe Biden, um, and he, is this the message to him that that he's okay? Uh, they took a little bit of a slap on the wrist, and maybe he's got to, um, you know, rein in a, a little bit, maybe say to people, yeah, we're going to start focusing on the economy in a different way, or is this just, I won, you lost. Uh, I may even run again in 2024. I think it encourages them to run again, quite frankly. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell. And I'm certainly not in a position to, to know. Uh, I do know when he was first elected uh, two years ago, people thought he would govern from the center. And he yeah. did exactly the opposite. He immediately moved to the left further than he did when he was in the Senate. Uh, so is this going to make him move back to the center? Uh, I, I would like to think it would, but I'm not hopeful. I'm not optimistic that it will. Uh, I think it'll be more of the same. It, it seemed like in the last six months, he sided more with the liberal part of his party than the, the more centric part. So we'll have to see. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, 81% of the polls were showing just a few days ago, 81% of Americans uh, do not feel or thought our country was headed in the wrong direction. Yeah, uh, that probably hasn't changed. It's just for whatever reason, Republican candidates did not give the American people reason to vote for them as much as I thought we would. Yeah, that it it, it is puzzling because, as you say, this was kind of yours for the taking in the sense of um, where the public mood was, and but but the message seems to be different, which is. I'm not sure we like either of you guys that much. Yeah. And yeah. and so bring it back to the middle, get some stuff done. We're all hurting. It costs too much to eat. It costs too much to fill up our car. So stop fighting and get on with what you're paid to do. Well, that's a pretty good message. We all need, we all need to, to pay attention to that. Yeah. But do you think that's, do you think that's it? Is that how you interpret the, the public's response, the voters? Well, again, I, I thought we would the Republicans would 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 do do better. Uh, I, I do think you, you can't discount the fact that they had, did flip the House, and now that you you don't yeah. have you don't have a Democratic House, Senate, and presidency, you may not have a Democratic Senate. So there were some gains. It just wasn't as it it won with the uh, the volume that we all anticipated. Yeah. It won the wave we anticipated, and uh, I, I think there's got to be a lot of soul searching. Maybe, uh, by both parties, but particularly Republicans for having, there was a very lofty goal. And obviously we didn't meet that mark. Yeah. 
So what does this mean for those of us who uh, live next door, uh, do business <laughs> with you on a regular basis, have some very big global issues that we're wrestling? You've spent a lot of time in Canada and do some work here. What's your what's your sense of what this means and, and what's the message for us? Well, the fir- first of all, the message is we're still a, a deeply divided electorate. Yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, you know, it's based, it's, it's very similar to two years ago, you know, very, very close divide that there's not much change in the house. There's not much change in the Senate. you got to run off again in Georgia. That's going to probably dictate who's going to control the, the Senate. Uh, they really had a lot hadn't changed other than that. We, we probably would not control the house for sure. And possibly the Senate, uh, we'll find out that out on December 6th. Uh, another thing I think to keep in mind, Senator, is the fact that uh, uh, we have a, a lot of new members coming to Congress in January, uh, in, both in the House and, and yeah. certainly some in the Senate uh, with retirements and defeats. And uh, so I think the challenge to Canada, to Canadian officials and, and uh, certainly on the federal level and on the, the provincial level is a lot of, a lot of new, new folks to meet and talk to and convince uh, and persuade them to understand how important this Canada-U.S. relationship is, not just to Canada, uh, but to us, the importance of Canada to the United States. And I'm, I'm your biggest fan, uh, but a lot of folks uh, don't understand that. So we got we, we got an education process ahead of us in the next six months for the new members of Congress. This is a perpetual issue, as you and I know well, that uh, every time a new ambassador, when my time in New York, you're always explaining to people, not only in your own country, but in the other country, just how connected we are. Um, I remember after 9-11 going to speak to some of the state politicians around saying, look, you can't you you can't run your office without us. All the paper comes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Canada, like, you can't build your houses without us. Yeah. Exactly. You can't build your house, but to get it really right down to uh, the nitty gritty. And as you say, when you have to perpetually keep that education process going, it's tough sledding. Well, you all have a little advantage on us in that, uh, at least in my day, I think ninety uh, percent of your population live within a hundred miles of the border, and you yep. kept up with our politics and our sports. Yep. Uh, somebody in Livonia, Georgia, this morning didn't wake up thinking about Canada first thing. Probably. <laughs> no, that is for sure. I think the job is more difficult on on your side for sure. What do you make of of the larger issues? I obviously. Um, the shifts won't be dramatic, but we're we're looking at the situation in uh, Ukraine, how we all deal with Russia. There's been some mixed messages from your side. Um, Canada doesn't, you know, uh, can't contribute a lot because we don't have that big um, military arm. Do you think any of that is going to change or is the president still the president? So on it goes. Well, I think. I think, number one, the president will no longer have uh, just clear sailing for, for his policies and a yeah. straight party vote, as, as has happened a lot over the last two years, uh, to push uh, these high spending bills uh, yeah. uh, through the Congress. And, uh, you know, by very, very narrow one one or two vote margins, uh, that's that's ended because the House can stop that now. Um, so I, I, th- I think there's going to have to be either either. 
major legislation uh, like that the president wants won't get passed, or there'll have to be a meeting of the minds in the middle and compromise, which is something we don't do enough of, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> um, to get legislation through. So I, I think the dynamics in Washington will change uh, just because one, it's not a pure Democratic Party controlling yeah. the executive and, and yeah. uh, legislative branches. So uh, as far as uh, the uh, relationship with Canada, I mean, we obviously uh, have a common uh, adversary in, uh, in China and in Russia. I, I see us collaborating more and more to, to work together uh, in that area. Uh, we, in my opinion, have had a disastrous energy policy the last two years. Um, I don't know that we'll change it, but I don't think we'll add to it uh, with, the, with the makeup of the House now. Uh, so you think that kind of constrains, you know, um, the president was saying just in the days leading up to the vote, you know, he was going to shut down every coal-fired plant and he was going yeah. to go to wind and solar. And 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 do you think that will now have to be tempered a bit? Well, to some extent, but you've got, you you know, you got the, the presidential edicts uh, yeah. and, and executive power that uh, he could uh, – there's a lot he can do on his own without going through Congress. Of course, he ends up getting in, getting involved in lawsuits, challenging that authority. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he starts off in day one of his administration of canceling KXL. Yeah. And then just in the last six months, he goes to Saudi Arabia and and sends envoys to Venezuela asking for more oil. Well, we got Canada right next to us. Why don't we get the oil from Canada? We would be getting it if we had the KXL uh, in full operation yeah. now. So. I think, I think he uh, he will be in, in, in restricted to some extent, but I don't. I, I, I'm fearful that he will continue to try to push a very liberal agenda. Just give us a little uh, civics lesson on on the U.S. the the range of executive powers. So, if the president doesn't like what what the Senate comes up with, or what the House comes up with, or what Congress comes up with, he can ignore it. He can pass his own. Um, well, not, not without not without limitations, and I'm I'm right. I'm afraid I'm not the constitutional lawyer. <laughs> needs to answer this question. There are some powers that the executive branch has without going through Congress, and and he can yeah. issue his executive orders, but they get challenged all the time when he usurps that. And there are a lot of you know the uh, the immigration policies of the Obama era. That some of that was reversed by the Supreme Court because he. He uh, overstepped his bounds, his authority. Um, and, and more and more, uh, mm -hmm. it seems like our presidents have used the executive power more aggressively. E each administration seems to go a little bit further than the last yeah. one. Uh, but there are some there are certainly limitations on it. And when, when he steps over those bounds, usually there's a challenge. And the Supreme Court sometimes slaps his hand and reverses that. They've done that on some EPA regulations of this past of this president. Environmental protection, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, uh it's it's not wide open, but this president's and, been pretty uh pretty liberal in his use of executive powers. Mm -hmm. And then control of the committees becomes very important um uh on the house side because then you know everybody is saying there's gonna be some tit for tat stuff that if you've had five or six years of investigations into Donald Trump, you're now going to see them into Hunter Biden. 
that there's going to be. Uh, I, I, if, assuming the, the Republicans take yeah. over the House, have a majority, elect uh, Representative McCarthy as a, as a speaker, um, then they'll have control of the committees. Each each chairman will be a Republican. Uh, it would not surprise me to see those type of investigations going on. Yeah. Well, interesting politics always stateside. I'm fascinated by it, and most Canadians are because it's important what you do. It impacts us every single day. So, um, just you're you're keeping us on our toes. So, thanks. <laughs> Who? Uh, Two great democracies side by side, and we practice it a little bit differently, don't we? Yeah, we certainly do. But uh, as you say, a lot of education uh, needed now in the next little while. Ambassador Wilkins, just really great to see you. Hope you're well. A um, lot warmer where you are than where I am. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm heading to Ottawa next week, so I guess I'll see some Canadian weather again for the first yes, time. Yes, you will, summer. although it's pretty yeah. nice there. I'm in Saskatchewan, and it's... We've got full-on winter, so you might still have some uh, okay. decent uh, U.S. weather there. Thanks well, so Senator, much. Real pleasure to be with you and great seeing you again. Great to talk. All Thank right, you. that is it for uh, this edition of No Nonsense. Ambassador David Wilkins, former ambassador to Canada, as our guest. We'll see you all soon. Thanks. Thanks.